Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for checking out the newest episode of the Skyward Cast. Quick note before the episode gets started. Um, some of these topics in the episode were a little bit older, and that's just because we actually recorded this episode um, a couple weeks ago, but I didn't put it up as soon as I should have, and so things are a little bit older than usual. Of course, the next episode is going to get back to the normal routine of speaking on more relevant right now topics mixed with just, you know, timeless stuff, but I just wanted to let you guys know before it got started, just so, you know, you guys aren't thinking, what the heck, why are y'all talking about this right now? You know, that's just kind of how it went down. But uh, thank you, as always, for checking out the Skywardcast, and I hope y'all enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Skyward Cast. It's been a minute. Of course, you know me. I'm Joey Craig here with my co-host, Delvin Cox. What's going on, man? At a thousand degrees Celsius, I make MCs melt. F my record label, I appear courtesy of myself. <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> you got bars for every episode, man. We, Jeez. And I still don't know that. I still don't know that. That one you from, might not know. That was uh, cannabis. That's from um. Ooh. Cannabis. You never heard of cannabis? No. Nope. Never heard of cannabis. He's best known for the song Second Round Knockout with this LL Cool J. And then losing an MC battle to LL Cool J. Jeez. I never heard of that dude. Yeah, nobody else ever did either. That that song was off the firm album for those who don't know. It's cannabis featuring AZ Nas Nature, I want to say. I think that's right, yeah. Dope song, Desperados is called. Said Desperados. Yeah, that's a dope song. Oh, that song's so good. You know, man, one of these days, and once I, I gotta get start sending you these songs. <laughs> you got to make a playlist, man. You got to make a playlist and send it to me. It's like, man, I wish I had the whole hookup, you know, like with, with the where I could actually feed the sound from my computer into the podcast. Because I, I just be like, you know, let's just live listen to one of these songs because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So everybody can hear it with me at the same time. Get a live little listen going on. But anyway, yeah, that would probably be a good idea. If we can figure out how to um, do that and not like take our podcast down. Oh yeah, I forgot about so we, that. I think, I, only that. Play, I think we can only play like thirty seconds of it. If I'm correct. I hate that trash. But you know I mean, what? That and, might be a good idea if we do that, right? And like whatever the verse I rapped, we play thirty seconds of that verse after I rap, so you can see. Okay, see the comparison. See how accurate I am. This stuff is usually coming off the top of my head, so. <laughs> hey, so it's just you know, how to remember it. Yeah, we, you know, we could. I could try to set that up. It's just like I got to figure out how to how to get it through voice meter and all that. But you know, once I do, yeah, we could we could take the podcast to the next level. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get into since we're talking about beef. Let's get into the whole push your teeth 
Drake thing. I talked about it on another podcast, but we want I mean everybody wants to hear your thoughts on it because everybody loves Joy Craig. Let's <laughs> just put it out like that. <laughs> right, man. Nah, people, you know, they, they they like the whole podcast, the host, you know, both hosts, man. I definitely even even my nephew like prefers you. Nah, I'm playing, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but uh, um, yeah, I thought it. You know, I I thought it was going really good, man. It, at first, um, I just I like the competition. You know, what I mean, I, I just that whole part of that just gives me hyped. It's like, how's it gonna go next? You know what I mean? So when Pusha T came out with that first track, I thought it was it was it was nice. It was like um, it was like one tier above charged up. Remember from the uh, Meek Mill Drake, yeah, battle, yeah. I so, thought you know, charged up so whack. It was, but it made it made sense though because it was just kind of like the track that you use to bring a person outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be like you know straight, just hot fire. It was you know he was just kind of talking it out. He was kind of addressing some things. You know, it wasn't really supposed to be shots. And then he came out with the shots, the next track, but, and then, you know, he thought he was about to do the same thing to, uh, to push a T and that did not work out for him. Well, I think, I think it was coming. I think that the whole thing about, um, Jay Prince shutting it down, I think that's true. Because honestly speaking, I think it would have affected Drake in a sense where, it's almost a lose-lose situation for Drake. I think I, I didn't want to talk about it too much because I want to hear your thoughts on it, but it's a lose-lose for him. If he comes out and it's fire, it, it just smashes Push a Tree tra- track in it. Because first of all, if he when he comes out with it, he's going to be bad disrespectful. He's going to take it to where Pusha T took it to. But then if he does that, he's completely out of character for who he has built himself up to be. Oh, so, what do you mean uh, who he's built himself up to be? He's he can be a grimy character. Like, people like to make it seem like this dude is like like a, a Disney rapper or something like he's super squeaky clean. He's nah, he's he hasn't been like that. You know what I mean? He's he, not he takes super shots squeaky clean, clean, but even the whole thing with when he went at Meek, he wasn't being disrespectful. It wasn't a sense where he was it was he wasn't being disrespectful. He was more or less like it was more like a ha-ha bully type thing. It wasn't like Pusha T was being what you, is big, great disrespect. There's disrespect when you're taking shots. When you're taking but shots, like, he, was trying to, he was trying to bury dude. And he basically did. So, you know what I mean? It, it's like he he was he was thinking he was about to stomp Pusha T into the ground just like that and then turn around and just be like, you know, just brush him off like it's nothing, like you're finished. You know what I mean? It was like he he... Imagine them jumping into a boxing ring and he would just gave him a few hits, knocked him down, and he was like just about to walk off all cool. But now Pusha T got right back up and then just was about to take him out. And then Jay Prince <laughs> runs into the ring like, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, I think that Drake had a response. I think that he. I don't I think, think he had a response in the chamber. I think nah, this is I what I think, think happened. I, I, I uh, think he did. I don't think he did. I think look, this is what I think happened, right? 
I think he didn't have because look, if it would have been just like if it would have been just like uh, the Meek Mill situation, no matter what Jay Prince is saying, it would have been beneficial to them because it would have just made Drake seem more untouchable. Right. And that would have just benefited them. It would have just put him up even higher in rank. But I think Jay Prince either heard the track and was like, oh, this is this is just not going to work either way, because if you if he would have had something or he, I, don't, I don't I still don't think he had anything. I think he just knew, OK, man, either way, you can't win. And this is just going to go bad for me, because if he actually tried to come out with something or if he gave it enough time and Pusha T came out with another hit. That would have knocked him even lower, and maybe he would have did what Fifty Cent did to Ja Rule, and it, it could have just ruined him forever. Because you, you could see, just from that one track, he was changing like the public's perception of Drake. But that's my whole like, point. And that he was doing serious damage, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was all good when it was just for sport. But now this is getting to a point where it could start, you know, affecting ticket sales. And then that's getting into my pockets. So let's just squash this whole thing out. So then Jay Prince jumps on it and makes it seem like, you know, hey, this is, well, we don't want this to go the Tupac and Biggie route, you know, where people start getting killed and all that. So I just had to pull an OG move and, and you know, call the whole thing. It was bull crap. That was so weak. It was like the equivalent of like, like you're in the middle of a fight and your parent comes outside and pulls you in the house. Like well, that it's that. So it's completely that, but you gotta understand. And this is what I was trying to say earlier. Drake's fan base is, a large percent of his fan base is women and white people. And it's because of his, now, like I said before, he has a clean cut image. Not necessarily saying that he's not great. He has, when people think of Drake, they think of this nice Canadian boy who does all this good stuff. Like God's plan is basically just him showing that, him giving out money to people and stuff like that. That's his whole rollout. That's what he based his whole career off of. Him being emotional and his feelings and showing how much he cared about girls and him breaking his heart and stuff like that. And now pushing teeth out here basically saying that, no, you are a horrible person. You are a bad father. You got this girl pregnant and you just left her, just strip her pregnant essentially. You just left your kid out in the cold and the only time you're trying to mention this kid essentially is because you're trying to make it a, a about a shoe deal. But that's beef. That's beef. Yeah. And you but know, this, and he's the problem. It's the problem with that. Not in it though, if he didn't think he could win. That's yeah, just like he against Kendrick. But this is the problem with that though. Drake, if Drake responds to that in a disrespectful way, like like I said, like for example, Pusha T brought his baby mama in it. So if Drake brings in his baby mama. That's going to be out of character for Drake. It's almost like how when the whole Nas and Jay-Z thing went down and Nas dropped Ether and then Jay-Z responded back with, um, what's the song? Super Ugly. And he started talking about Nas's baby mama and the baby, talking about leaving condoms in the baby seat. And Jay's mom had pulled him out like, hey, no, you got to apologize. That's too much. You know, it comes to a point where, because... Not only because it's hurting your image. You don't want to hurt your image and your brand. Drake's brand is essentially what he sells to, like I said, he sells mostly to women. 
in white people. He that's his brain. He's not pushing T cells mostly to black people. Black people who like street music and like dope dealer music. He's not out here reaching these suburbs like Drake is. So if Drake was to go down and get out of character, that may turn some people off who was in his fan base. Not saying Drake now. My opinion, Drake should have responded. I, I'm Listen. always for the one who says he should respond. And I'm all, and my whole that, thought that, was, go ahead. if I was to take a guess, I would think that Drake had a response, but he didn't think Pusha T's response was going to be what it was. So he had to rewrite his whole response again. And I think what Jay Prince heard was that response. And either A, it was whack, and Jay Prince was like, no, just don't do it at all. Or B, it was something that was going to... Or B, it was something that was going to damage his career in the terms of like, yo, this is out of character. You can't do this because Pusha T is going to take it to the streets. And not necessarily Drake might not take it to the streets, but Drake's people might take it to the streets. You get what I'm saying? I hear you, but I think that was just, that was that dude trying to throw in every reason possible other than the money. Notice that like he he didn't really he didn't really want to focus on that. It's just like, you know, we don't want to we don't really want to associate with people, you know, that that would go that dirty. So we don't want to No, it was it was all about taking that major L. You you want to avoid taking that major L because that's career suicide. You don't want to end up like a Ja Rule. You don't want to end up like Meek Mill. So that's what he's trying to avoid. But it see, was never about dirtying your image. Like people don't care about that. The fan base. Oh, they care. I, I know you. Talk, I know you, his fan base is not. And look, the the majority of those, the majority of, of people that consume hip hop, period. Like even back in the day when it was just like records, you know, like actual album sales and all that stuff. Even then, it, it, it was like seventy percent white people. So it doesn't matter if it's drug rap. I'm not talking about like 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 underground mixtape rap. Like that stuff, yes, obviously that that's being consumed by most of black people. But what I'm talking about is still, if you're a mainstream rapper, regardless of whether your your message is about drugs or, or whatever, it's still being consumed by mostly white people. Look at the Migos. That was talking about, you but know, see, all that that that, that's that hood. The crap. Migos is on that kind of Drake type level. Yeah, they talk about the hood stuff, but they're not like Pusha T. Pusha T is on a completely different level than them. Pusha T yeah, is that's just, he's more that's like just the style P's. He's more like the style P's, the Royce the Five Nines. He's talking the Rick Rosses even, but Rick Ross is even on that level. They, you have artists who like, for example, Drake, I can see people comparing Drake to the Migos, not necessarily in terms of lyrical content, but they have that crossover appeal. You can put Drake on a Katy Perry record. You can put the Migos on a Katy Perry record or Records like that with other pop artists. You're not really putting Pusha T on a Katy Perry record. They're not doing it, but they can. I mean, would, dude, but look back during his his clips days, he he had more crossover appeal, but that was just because he was more mainstream. You know, that was you know because of grinding and stuff like that. I mean, he was on what was it like? I think like back in 2003, like wasn't he originally on that on on that uh, I'm loving it track with Justin Timberlake? The one that they ended up turning into the uh, the slogan for McDonald's, but was I think it? they ended up I think they ended up cutting him though. But but still, the point was is he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just proved my point. Just you know, look, look what you I'm saying. Is, I was loving the McDonald's that trap, happens. but now that happens. But you see, the thing saying? about it is, 
you gotta understand something. Even when they were, even when they was with the clips, he had Pharrell behind him. And Pharrell was kind of more making the beats that kind of had that vibe to it. Like even Grinded. Grinded's a street song, but it has such a bumpy, fun kind of vibe to it that people kind of bop to it. But if you look at the Push T albums, it's straight up street music. Every song on his album is about selling coke or killing somebody. It's no Yeah, that's true, but he's, he's still a versatile art, artist, just like anyone. Like, you know, just like you could have uh any of the dudes from the Migos on on a track like that, on a hardcore street track, and you could turn around and put them on a Katy Perry track. You know what I mean? You could do the same thing with a two chains or a you know or or there's there's many artists. He's just like that. He has a voice and he can easily he's talented enough that he could easily switch his message in the in his verse to match any artist that you need to put him next to. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. You can put him on, like I said, you can put him on any record you want to put him on. That's not a hero or there. But he doesn't have that crossover appeal like Drake has. Oh, Drake yeah. has a lot. Well, if, if we're talking about whether he's as mainstream, no. He doesn't have that, that level of mainstream appeal right now. But he was about to get there if he were to release that next track. You can, already see, you can already see that he has a lot more mainstream uh, appeal. Like a lot of his tracks, if you go to YouTube, you see a whole bunch of the, the views cranked up by like sometimes thousands or maybe even millions for some of his newer songs. You know what I mean? You have people going back and listening to his older songs and being like, wow, Pusha T is a beast. And I didn't even know. It's just, you know what I mean? Sometimes people, if you actually gave them the opportunity, they would have super high mainstream appeal but they just don't have the attention. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just like how you can have somebody that's super talented have they, or even a singer, you know what I mean? They can have the greatest voice, but if nobody's listening, well, it doesn't matter. And just people weren't listening for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It's not because he sucked. It's just, just kind of happened that way. Yeah. His, his graphic ability is never in question. I'm more talking about his crossover appeal and the fact that in my, in my opinion, if he's, Drake has more to lose than Pusha T does. Pusha T's gonna always have his Pusha T fans. Drake's yeah. movement can make him lose his fan base because when you're dealing with that pop fan base, pop fans are fickle. One day they love you, the next day they're like, whatever, we don't have to listen to this crap no more. You on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, regardless of that, that's beef. You know what I mean? Don't get into yeah. it. Don't get into it if you don't feel like you can go all twelve rounds. Yeah, you know, you know, just he's just picking battles which he, he feels like he can win easily. Just like I said, that's why he didn't he didn't go full into it with uh, Kendrick because he knew he would got stumped. It would have been a wrap. Yeah, that's true. I can agree with that completely. Who else? He ran away from somebody else too. He I ran away from a lot of people. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, I I think that was that was one of the most disappointing rap beefs ever. Not at all. I, mean, I don't and, think and that for at like all. look. No, I'm just the ending. The ending how it went. I'm I was happy. I'm I'm really happy for the fact that how you know uh, for how it worked out for Push the T. You know what I mean? I'm happy to see him getting the attention that he deserves. 
and you know for people to actually be going back and listening to his albums and really giving him props you know what i mean because he is a beast yeah that's true but uh yeah but that ending was was hot garbage and (laughs) there there's no there's no coming back that's like and the thing is if that was anybody else it would have been a top tier l but people are like oh it's it's not even drake's fault it's uh it's uh, this dude's fault. He's stopping him from putting out the, you know, from continuing. So it's like, you know, they're coming up with all these excuses and crap. But, you know, if that Kanye would have came out, if, if Kanye would have came out and stopped Pusha T from coming out with a uh, response track to uh, that Duppy freestyle, freestyle quotes, and doggone freestyle. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everyone would have been like, oh, look at this sucker. He's a, he's a simp. He can't even come out with his own. You know, he can't come out with a track. He's running away scared. But, of course, it's Drake, so he gets away with that. But whatever. Anyways. <laughs> We've talked way too long about this crap. <laughs> How long are we in, man? I don't even have a timer up or anything. 20 minutes. I think we're a little bit more than 20 minutes in, I think. Correct. Oh, God. Talking about <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, so. What's your thoughts on uh, uh, since we're still on hip hop? Let's talk a little bit more about the hip hop thing. What's your thoughts on the fact that Dwayne, uh, well, Little Wayne, I'm about to say Dwayne, but Little Wayne finally is essentially released from his contract and the Carter Five is officially coming out finally? I don't think anybody cares. Like, I mean, if it would have came out three years ago when he still had a little bit of heat, you know, that's cool. And I think he still has a, a solid fan base, but. You know his his mainstream heat has died down a whole bunch. You know what I mean? This is like it's to the point where when I see people putting him on tracks, like him being featured on a song, like he's a legend or something, and expecting it to really, like thinking that it's really gonna change the outcome of the song. You know, like performance wise, it's like do you guys not know that he's kind of like past his uh, prime right now? Like this isn't. It's not really his day anymore. And I, and I know that's not really his fault. You know what I mean? It's a whole bunch of legal stuff going on. But I don't know. He Now that he's free, he, he's going to have to do a whole bunch of work to really recover his career. You know what I mean? If he wants to get to the point where the Carter Five is actually going to do numbers. I mean, he could, it could potentially come out and people out of curiosity might go pick it up or really go stream it. You know what I mean? And, and give it some buzz. But. Uh, I don't see it really being a big thing. I think it might just kind of fall off. It'll come out. I think you're crazy if you think the Carter Five is not going to do numbers. I don't, now, mm, the quality I, of it may be in question, but I think the Carter Five is going to sell like crazy. All those rabbit little Wayne fans out there who are still rabbit, who still Wayne fans, where there's a lot of people who love Little Wayne. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a Little Wayne fan myself, but there's a lot of people who've been waiting for this album for the longest. They love Ow. old Lil Wayne. People that love the Carter Three. People that you know enjoyed maybe a couple songs off the Carter Four. But you gotta think that was years ago. Like people can love Fifty Cent, but that don't mean they're gonna go out and buy his new album. Yeah, they that like, kind of they does. Like old, they know they they, like old Fifty Cent. If they think they're gonna get old Fifty Cent, they're gonna buy the album. They'll go no, no they'll go to a, a concert to go listen to you play your old tracks, but they will not come out and really support you on a new album. You know what I mean? Look, if Stevie Wonder came out, think about all the Stevie Wonder fans, right? People would love to go see him in concert, listening and reminisce 
on all those old tracks. But if he comes out with a new album right now, the majority of those fans aren't going to go out and buy it. I don't it's know just, about it's that. It's not the same cool. buy. I don't know about that at all. It depends on. See, the problem with that is this. I want, if we're going to go use the fact of Stevie Wonder, you have to market that stuff right. A perfect example of what you're saying is um, a few years, well, it's not a few years, it's been a while back now. Lionel Richie had a comeback album that did really well. It was on Def Jam, if I'm correct. I have the album. It did really well because they marketed it right. If you just sit there, just, well, here's the Steve Wonder album, just drop it out there in the East and nobody knows about it. It's not going to do well, obviously. But if you sit there and market it, hey, this is Stevie Wonder. This is one of your legends. Here's a song with him and Beyonce. Here's a song with him and such and such. This is the Stevie Wonder that you want to hear. Because talk about the features on it. Of course, it's going to do well. well most, you know that's how most artists do when it comes to like them hitting their, their twilight in their career. They get a bunch of features, just like Bono's last album. The kind of supplement whether they still got it or they don't. It's just part of the territory. And I think nah, if you market it right, you can you can make an album like like I said, that that Lionel Richie album that came out a while back. I forgot the name of it. It had hits. You talking about that one uh where he where they did like the whole bunch of remixes to his old songs? No, it's an actual album. Let me see. The nah, one it was uh, it the one, one that came out a long time ago when Oprah's show was still on. I don't know when it was. I, I'm gonna tell you right now, it was a while back. But it was, it was his comeback album. It was on Def Jam. I kind of remember it. I, kn- I know he had this one track. I liked it. It was kind of like a, they call it love or I call it something yeah, like it, that. That's, that. That's the exact album. That album did very well for Lionel Richie. Heck yeah, that did really well. But, but that was that was essentially a comeback album. But it was a different time period back then. People don't consume, you know, media like they did back then you know what i mean everyone is we're in a streaming phase now people don't really go out and support like that you know what i mean so while he might get some streams out of curious you know people being curious what it's about a lot of people aren't going to go out and drop money on an actual album whether it's digital or physical definitely not uh, physical it's just as the years go on and people know that they can easily access stuff without actually having to pay for it the numbers have just dropped. People don't st- support stuff like that anymore. Doesn't matter who it is. I mean, unless you're like a Beyonce or an Adele or a Bruno Mars, you know what I mean? You have to be like top tier and or, or reach legendary status. You know what I mean? So you have to be A-list or in the S-class, you know what I mean? Way in the special territory where it's just like you could go away for 10 years and come back and then everyone is still waiting for you. Like that's but that's that's reserved for a special few. And I don't know if uh, Lil Wayne has that anymore. You know what I mean? He just he just doesn't really have that vibe anymore. I think his album would do good. I don't I personally am not a Lil Wayne fan, so but I know people who are who love his album. Oh, the album that we were talking about with Lionel Richie was um it's called Coming Home. It came out in 2006. Yeah, that was... Uh, I enjoyed that one song. That, that was, was very good. Yeah, but that, you know, that was that was also around the time... I think that was a little bit... That was a little bit before even Maxwell, when he came back out. Like, I don't even know what his album would do today. Like, 
that's crazy. Like Kanye came out and only did like two hundred thousand, and that was including well, streams. Um, that was kind of Kanye's fault. Nah, but but the thing is, is look, a lot of people hate on Kanye, but he still gets major buzz. It doesn't matter. Even the life of Pablo was was huge. People been hating Kanye forever. My uh, my dark twisted fantasy or whatever that that album called was called. People loved that. That one is is considered a classic. That was after all you know the drama and and Yeezus still did well. The, those he had tracks on that album all over the commercials. You know what I mean? So this is a little just, different, huh? This is a little different. I think I think his shenanigans this time kind of may have hurt him a little bit. So I don't really think so. I mean, he's Kanye's been Kanye. You know what I mean? It's and and people don't really care. Like. Like they'll they'll jump up and want you know want people to to recognize that they're was it uh, outraged about something, but they're still listening to the music. Those same people are still checking it out, counting toward the stream count. So I don't know. It's uh, we'll see. You know what I mean? I, I'm not I'm not some you know freaking yeah. media data analyst or whatever the heck i don't i don't know how all this stuff goes i'm just going based on what i think and uh you know seeing how trends have gone and how his his buzz is just not really there like it used to be i mean like he does have a dedicated fan base so when he comes out with mixtapes you go on youtube and you still see that his songs are still getting like at least a million listens or views or whatever but you know i mean back in the day That'd have been ten times that, and that was just on the low end. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see. Well, all right. We let's get into our final topic. We've been going for a minute. I don't want to stay too long on this topic since we done went so long. All right. These last couple of weeks have been well. It hasn't been this last couple of weeks. It's been this last week or so. Kate Spade. Um, Anthony Bourdain, and now as of today, um, you ever watched the Goldbergs? No, okay, never. One, okay, one of the actors from the Goldbergs, one of the main actors from the Goldbergs, Jackson O'Dell, was found dead today at 20. And it's pointing to suicide. Mm. So, in the last, what, two weeks, we've had three major. Either I guess what I call it, I guess you call it celebrities because because Kate Spade's not an actress or anything like that per se. Three major celebrities commit suicide. So what are your thoughts on that so far? I don't know. I don't. I don't really have too much to say about you know someone committing suicide. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, I, I wish the best for their families. It kind of sucks that it's a uh, that it's becoming a, a trend. You know what I mean? I, I just I wish uh, you know people found I don't know peace other ways other than feeling like you know it's it's just uh, taking themselves out is just the only way to get past their problems. But you know, well, um, it's interesting that this is happening because they're saying that um, there's articles saying that the suicide rate in the United States have went up lately this past year, so more people are actually killing themselves as opposed to previous years. 
and it, I think when you see celebrities and people with power, who people normally think that they have the best of life and they have money and fame and what people want mm-hmm. in their lives, it kind of it kind of makes you wonder, like, wow, if they're going through it and they have all this, it's a real thing. I think I can speak on this topic because, um, I like I said, you've discussed your mental health issues on this show, and I think I should talk about mine. I'm not going to say that I haven't never thought about killing myself. There was a time in my life where, um, a while back, where I most certainly thought of that. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to say that out loud to myself right now because now I would never think of that in terms of how I feel, but people can get to those low points in life and when you hit, I guess when you, when you hit rock bottom as I felt back then, it almost feels like it'll be more better for your family not to have you around to bear them down. Get what I'm kind of saying? That's not the way to think at all, by the way. When you, I guess when you go through so many situations in your life and you feel like there's no way out of it, you feel like that's kind of a release. and It really isn't, you know, because you're cheating yourself out of, because no matter how bad a situation is, there's always, as I've learned in life, there's always a chance for redemption. You make a mistake, as bad as the mistake can, can may be, there's always a chance to redeem yourself and pick your feet, get yourself off the ground and kind of get yourself back together. But I know a lot of people kind of get in these dark places and they don't understand that there's a tomorrow and tomorrow brings better things. And I, like I said, I've dealt with that. I've dealt with having that feeling like, yo, this is it, man. I can't deal with this no more. I'm bringing, now I'm not only bringing myself down, I'm bringing my family down, just in my life in a sense. But you got to kind of look at it like tomorrow is going to be better. Even though it doesn't seem like it right now, tomorrow will be better and you will get past this. So, yeah. You know, sometimes I think about like, man, do they really think about, do they really go deep into it and think about how it would affect the family that they're, they're leaving behind? You know what I mean? I mean, I say this as, as someone that's unfortunately like dealt with the effects of uh, losing someone to suicide. So it's it's like I know what that feels like to be like almost feels like you were left behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it's uh it it's like dang, like, you know, you think you, there's so many things that go into it, you know, you're thinking like, dang, I wish I could have done something or you know what I mean, I, I should have talked to them more, or, you know what I mean, like dang, why didn't they come see me? You know what I mean? There's, there's so many things that go into it. It's like that. So, you know, you go through so many different phases, you know, you're sad, you're, you're angry, you're, you know, you're confused, you don't really know what to think. And so I'm thinking like, dang, when these people, they're leaving behind like children, you know what I mean? Some of these people, they're leaving behind like people in their, their teens or they might be even less than teens. And it's like, did you really consider that? Or are they just so lost that it just didn't even, none of that mattered at that moment? Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, and like I said, I'm talking off my experience, by the way. I don't want mm. people to think I'm speaking for everybody who've had these thoughts, but it's oh, kind yeah. of yes. a sense yeah. of selfishness in terms of like, 
no matter what somebody's telling you, what's coming in your what whatever logic's coming in your head, you're kind of thinking to yourself, just take me out of this. This world would be better off without me, even though it's not true. And you don't really think of the consequences of that. You'll think that, okay, let's say you have kids. You'll think, well, my kids would be better off without half me in this world. They'll they'll bounce back. You know, and you'll think that you'll think things that are, are really irrational. And you'll try to put logic to it in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we don't really think about the consequences that or the ripple effect that they may cause to other people who care about us and love us. And, you know, I want to talk about this now just to, because if anybody out there who ever has had that feeling, just know that there is a tomorrow and things will get better. And there's people you can talk to in terms of, I know people always say like, you know, people don't like talking to psychiatrists because of what it costs money. And two people think something's, don't want the stigmatism of mental health being on them. People always have that, but it's, there's nothing wrong with having mental issues. That's, everybody has it. Everybody has some type of form of depression or something. And it's good to talk to people about these issues and it help, so you can help yourself so you don't get to this low level of where you feel like you're not important and you want to just kill yourself. Yeah. You know. And fortunately for me, I, I kind of got to that point and I kind of pulled myself out of it where like, you know, like, well, I got to the point where like, yo, I'm not going to do this. Let me just strap up my bootstraps and dig in and get myself out of this hole. But not everybody can do that. Yeah. And, you know, pod, listening to podcasts helped a lot. Listening to people talk and laughing at things people say, not necessarily talking about their thoughts and pain, but listening to people mm-hmm. just laugh and enjoy life and talk about their problems and necessarily didn't go through their problems reached on the side helped a lot with it. You know, that's why I like doing podcasts today because I know there might be that one person out there who's listening to maybe a Skyward cast or a Delic Cox experience or whatever podcast one of us may be on. And this helps to do their things, help them with their problems they may be having, whether it's mental health or whatever it is. And that makes me feel good. And, you know, yeah, you going into that, going more into that is, um, it's been a couple of times where I've gotten messages from people, not necessarily saying I've helped them through something such and such and such, but they just say, yo, mm-hmm. your podcast is incredible, man. I listen to it every day and this, 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 you know, it got me through this, it got me through that, or, you know, what you do is great and I love your interviews and stuff like that. And Or Joey Craig, like the, the last episode we did, a lot of people just messaged me about how it was brave what you did and what you talked about and how it helped them. That always makes me feel good. Whether it's five people listening to the podcast, a hundred, a thousand, it doesn't matter. If we're helping people, yeah. I always want to keep doing this podcast. I appreciated all the comments. You know what I mean? If I could help anyone feel more, like like they can actually feel comfortable being open about it. You know, because I don't know if I really mentioned it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I touched on it. But, you know, I used to be really closed off like I didn't want to tell anybody about anything I was going through you know what I mean my worst fear was feeling like I wasn't normal and of course it was it was the more like the extreme state of my mind at the time you know what I mean I was going through like some severe OCD I was worried what everyone was thinking about me 
when, you know, I mean, none of that really mattered. You know what I mean? It was all about getting help and, and, you know, how I was feeling inside of myself, not really what the next person was thinking about me doing that. Honestly, I feel like it, it may have made things worse because then I kind of closed myself off instead of actually seeking help. But it's normal. Like you said, everyone goes through something, even if yours is something that the majority of other people don't go through. It's still, you know, not something that you should feel ashamed about or, or whatever that you need to hide or run away from. And to put a bow on this, if mm-hmm. anybody's out there having issues where they feel like, you know, taking their own life or they just depressed and they need somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out to me. You know, if you just message me on Twitter, Delvin, I will gladly talk to you. If you want to message me and say, hey, call me up on your phone, just message me your phone up. I'll sit there and talk to you, bro. We can get through this together. I don't. My doorway is always open to people. I keep my DMs open to people for a reason, just in case they want to, if they're going through something and they need help, I don't have a problem with talking to people. And I usually, I'm on Twitter every day. I may not always respond every day, but if you message me like, hey, I need help, I will get back to you immediately. It's not a problem with me. I will find time to talk to you and help you with whatever issues you may be going through. It's nice that, uh, People just know that, you know, there's somebody there. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people, sometimes people do come forward. The people in their life may not be listening. So that's really cool to just know that there's someone that they can reach out to. Yeah, you so, got yeah. Delvin Cox. That's something. Well, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll sit there and talk with you. I don't have a problem doing that at all. Yeah, just having somebody is really important. Anything else you want to add to it, or you think we we gonna close it off here, man? I think we didn't close it off, man. This was supposed to be a short one. This is actually been not short at all. That's awesome, though. Uh, yeah, man. We we kind of got deep into some topics, and uh, I mean, then you got to think it's been like a month, month and a half or something since the last episode. It's been a long freaking time. So you know, you get into it, and you just you just start going. It's all good, though. Yeah, man. I'd rather not, I'd rather, there's no one else I'd rather do this podcast with, man. That's why I always say Skyward Cast is here to stay, man. As long as you want to do it, we're doing it. Appreciate it. So I think uh, we're going to close it off there. And everybody, thanks walking for checking down out. The street. Talk to you later. Hey. Peace. Walking down Peace the street. Out. Hey. Walking down the street. Heard one of my beats. The driver was a G. The passenger was a geek. Turned on the arena and they seen it was me Put it in outside the window